I'm Luke Story. I'm Christine Loria. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Check. Hi, I'm Ricky Lake. I'm Dr. Aaron Eugwin McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm James Goodlatte. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Je m'appelle Rick Safries, et c'est le podcast du gynécologue holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. So welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. My guest today is no, no stranger to the audience because you just heard him speaking about 20% of the time during an uh, episode, what was it, episode 75, where he was on the show with Allison Charles, his wife. We were talking about Allison's shamanistic pursuits, conscious connection, conscious conception, etc. And um, Allison had to leave from that interview, and Luke and I just kept rolling. This is, so this is technically a part two of that, but it's such a a different conversation. He and I have so much in common and so much to talk about that it's actually nice that we were able to break this into two pieces. Um, on this episode, we're going to get into Luke's tremendous research into electromagnetic frequency, how he has renovated his home in Austin in order to miti- mitigate or completely eliminate any of the detrimental impacts that EMF may have on him and his wife in their sleeping chambers, in their bathroom, around the house. It, it goes, it's everything from using specific types of paint to block some of this radiation to using different types of light bulbs in the house to um, wearing different garments to protect, let's say, your pregnant belly from exposure to radiation. So much knowledge in this guy. And fortunately, he's put it all together into a masterclass. You don't actually have to go out and do all that for yourself. He's done it for you and put, put it together in a very affordable masterclass. I will link that in the show description so that you can um, get some savings as well, because listeners of the show always get discounts on products being promoted by the guests. What else do we get into? We get into geopathic stress. I actually outfitted his house with a little bit of biogeometry magic as well, which I've learned through the... Uh, through Ibrahim and Daria Kareem's company. And um, I've gone through the foundations training. And when I got there, I was like, let me just set you up here. He had the home kit. Um, he saw my ge- my biogeometry pendant. I just went around the house and set up all the stickers and set up his cube. And um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to hang out with Luke that day. Um, the lastly, we get into blue light exposure. Uh, Luke has a new company, Gilded, which makes these really slick, uh, really slick blue light blocking glasses, of which I am the proud owner. And you'll be seeing that in some of my upcoming reels on Instagram because they're really cool. I kind of feel like Bono. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, we, we get into everything that is that Luke is passionate about, which, you know, is not just these topics. The guy is is a compendium of research and, and understanding about some of these things. So I think you're going to really, really love this episode. We um, got a couple sponsors for this episode too. Fit for Birth, our perennial sponsor. James Goodlatte and Nassim at Fit for Birth, they create pregnancy and postpartum-specific courses for holistic lifestyle coaches, for exercise professionals, for doctors, for you name it. We teach everybody exercise, 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 but how do we cater exercise and nutrition programs to pregnant and postpartum women, or women in any stage of life for that matter? You know, you can say, hey, cold tub, cold plunging is good, but what if you're cold plunging during the wrong time of your cycle? It's no different 
with exercise. So his team over there has catered it to pregnancy and postpartum. One of the only companies out there doing it, and they do it really, really well, which is why I'm happy to have them as a sponsor. If you want to take advantage of that as a coach, or if you're a pregnant or postpartum woman who wants some um, exercise and nutrition advice catered to them, to you, go to getfitforbirthallspelledout.com slash beloved. You'll save 20% on any other offerings. Can't recommend them enough. This show is also supported by none other than Bioptimizers. They just came on as a sponsor. I've known Wade Lightheart since I met him at Paul Check's 60th birthday. He's a Paul's a, a dear friend of both of ours. And um, I'm super excited to have them on the show because I have a bedtime routine that relies on Magnesium Breakthrough, which is their best-selling. Uh, it's not just a sleep agent, but it certainly does help with sleep. So if you if you you know, work in the holistic health world, you know that one of the number one problems facing us, especially those of us who are super productive, very active, got 10 balls being juggled in the air at all times, the number one health problem is sleep. And really, most people don't even realize that they're sleep deprived, but they're, they're, they don't have the energy to get through the day, to get their work done. They lay up at night and they just toss and turn thinking about what needs to happen the next day. But this is a problem. It can affect your affect your mood, your hormones, your weight gain. You know, it can cause weight gain. There's all these other factors, not not even just that, but cognition, um, the ability for you to show up for your kids in a heart-centered way. So if you find that either you're struggling to fall asleep or you wake up in the morning and you just can't get it going, you have to cram coffee down your throat, try this. Take a glass of water and take two capsules of magnesium breakthrough 30 minutes before hitting the pillow. And it's going to work for you. I promise. It's at least worth a shot. There are, sev- there are seven essential forms of magnesium included in Magnesium Breakthrough. And this is unique because if you go out onto the, into the grocery store or whatever and you go to get magnesium or whatever, I think Calm is magnesium carbonate. There's some other magnesium products out there like magnesium glycinate. There's seven different types of magnesium in, a full, in the, in the full, uh, full dose of Magnesium Breakthrough. So if you take this, try it out. You're going to wake up feeling rested, refreshed, vibrant, alert. And, and that's why this has become such a bestseller for Bioptimizers. So for a limited time, Bioptimizers is also offering a unique opportunity for listeners of the podcast. There's going to be a pile of additional gifts that come to you if you order through my affiliate code. You're going to get their full complement of digestive health products, including Masszymes, their patented probiotic P3OM, and HCL, which alleviates heartburn and acid reflux. That sounds funny, right? If you got you got heartburn, you got to stop making acid. Well, it's actually the opposite. Most people will actually do better not by blocking the acid, by but by adding HCL, which is produced by the gastrin cells in your stomach lining. So that means if you take a uh, take the opportunity to try Magnesium Breakthrough, you're going to get all these free products heading your way. And not only are you going to be sleeping better, but you're going to be digesting your food better. And you're going to be getting all of the nutrition required from a healthy, uh, required from your diet by optimizing your gut biome and optimizing your digestive health. So go to magbreakthrough.com slash holistic and enter code BELOVED10 and you'll activate this exclusive limited title author. There's only so many of these to go around. So take advantage of it while you can. That's magbreakthrough.com slash holistic I'll put the link in the show description. All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with the one and only Luke Story of the Lifestylist Podcast. So back in the day, a man named Sigmund Freud, maybe you've heard of him, 
came onto the scene and modern psychiatry kind of was born out of that. And at the time there was this, the world was industrializing. We had power cables and telegraph lines being laid down everywhere. The railroads were all going up. We're talking about the turn of the century. And as we industrialized, we had more and more electricity surrounding us and bathing us at all times. So when, when electricity goes from one point to another, it creates a magnetic field. That magnetic field is all over us at all times, electromagnetic radiation. And if we go and look at what happened around that time, there was a lot of people that were developing what we would call chronic fatigue syndrome or neurasthenia. And this condition was making people just act, act wackadoo. You know, they weren't feeling well. They were finding that they were in pain, having these chronic pain disorders. They were not able to get out of bed. They were just sapped. And so Sigmund Freud came on the scene and was like, you know what? It's in people's heads. This is uh, psychosomatic stuff. It's in your head. It's not really a disease. This is something else. So we pushed that into the world of like, go get therapy versus it being something that actually developed more thoroughly within the medical sciences. And nowadays... We're not just swimming in it. Like it is bouncing off our ear holes, our eye holes, our brain holes everywhere, creating some brain holes. And it's, it's leading to a sometimes very debilitating life for a lot of people. If you've ever lived in LA, as you and I both have, it's impossible to get away from smog and geopathic stress. I mean, you're just riding in it all day long. So tell me, Luke, I know that I kind of consider you, in the little that I've gotten to know you, you're kind of like the king of biohacking in my regard. You've done quite a bit of... Thank you, sir. The, the, the king is here. Lay out the red carpet. And in your journey, um, I know that your story in LA was that you were not feeling all that hot. You also found that, man, you're like living near all these big old cell phone towers and power lines. And you were in Topanga Canyon, if I recall. Is that right? <laughs> well, the story with EMF is I started to become aware of this issue probably in the late 90s when I got into alternative health and before it was cool, natural healing and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was just out of my desire for self-preservation. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of a I guess a little bit of an early adopter. So I knew about EMF, you know, for example, you mentioned the um, electric field in your house. So all of our homes in the United States are wired with 60 Hertz. And so uh, because we build our houses and we put drywall on the inside of the walls, the electric field is carried by the conductivity of the minerals in drywall. And oh, so interesting. If you were sitting in someone else's house right now, about three to six feet out from the wall behind you would be an electric field. And as you said, in some cases, a magnetic field, if there was issues with the wiring, that wall is shielded. So there's no electric field coming off of you and the floor under is shielded under us right now. And the whole thing's grounded and it's a whole thing. But prior to um, buying a house, I was always just trying to mitigate as best I could as a renter. And I was living in Miracle Mile. So I'm, I have an awareness about EMF and I do everything I can to avoid it and just, you know, still be sane and live my life. But I moved into this apartment. It was a great apartment and uh, I was really healthy. This is maybe, I don't know, seven years ago, something like that, six years. Really healthy, doing all the things. And then I moved into that place and my health just started deteriorating. And it was about mm. three years in, um, I was having excruciating migraines, insomnia, uh, I started to not be able to see clearly far away, started to have to wear glasses, would have just bouts of 
just the wildest brain fog where sometimes I had to pull my car over because I would get disoriented in my own neighborhood that I'd lived for 30 yeah. years. Yeah. I was just not well. So the good news is I started discovering all I was having, you know, 10 pass ozone IVs and PEMF and hyperbaric oxygen chambers and all the things, just like all the lab testing, all the functional medicine stuff. So I was able to fine tune some things. I did a, a lot of really thorough detoxing at that particular time because I thought it might've been heavy metals or something yeah. like that. Um, anyway, long story short, I'm really into sun gazing. I love the sun. And so uh, from that apartment, I could see the sun rise in an unobstructed way. And so I'd get up and watch the sunrise, but I wanted to watch the sunset also. Hmm. So I went into this office building next to my apartment. My apartment is a two-story building. There's a three-story building next to me that's blocking the uh, the view of the sunset. So I kind of sneak into the building and go up the stairwell and want to get to the roof where I think I'll have a good view of the sunset. And as I get to the top uh, landing, there are all these Verizon warning radiation signs everywhere. And I'm just like, you got oh, to be no. fucking kidding me. <laughs> of all people, like, I'm super EMF aware slash paranoid. Um, so I open the door and there's just all the, you know, there's two huge multi-mast towers pointed right at my bedroom. And this is about a hundred yards away with only one story no of a way. building. Yeah. So they're just pointed at my room. I'd never gotten EMF readings there because I just figured the ambient levels were high and I just did all my things. I have my blue shield scalar generator and mm -hmm. some Vedic and different shielding fabrics and, you know, kind of cobbled together a little program for just general EMF. But had I known that I was being so acutely poisoned with radiation, um, radio frequencies, I would have moved. So promptly I moved and of course to Laurel Canyon, actually. Um, it was Laurel yeah. Canyon. Yeah. And I shopped for a place, I took my EMF meters and looked for houses that had lower EMF and made sure there were no cell towers nearby and stuff like that. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, a pain to purpose kind of thing, because I became after that an even stronger advocate for EMF awareness, because I view it as just such a colossal misstep by humanity in our effort to achieve total convenience you know, and right. it's one of those things to me, we're going to look back hopefully in not too long, although it takes some time for the, yeah, the, um, you know, epigenetics to kind of catch up, I guess, but well, even that adoption curve, I feel like we're still in that early adoption phase yeah. where there are people like me and you talking about this. But as I was saying, before we started recording people in the medical community, they, they think it's like quackery that I yeah. talk about this because of my, my principles, EMF is actually like one of the things we have to hone in on. Yeah. That people are like, there's no evidence for that. And with COVID and everything else, I'm like, what's your better solution? I mean, like, there's a cell phone tower right there, a 5G tower going up right there. We got another one right across the way. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? It's insanity. It's, yeah. So at some point, we will inevitably look back on this and, of and just go, oops. Yeah. I mean, we think of things like cigarette smoking is safe or... DDT spraying, uh, asbestos, right. lead paint. Right. I mean, there are, there are huge fuck ups in our industrial revolutionary process, but I think this one's the worst. And the thing about it is that, um, in the kind of health and wellness space, there's so much emphasis on food and supplements and everyone's running around writing books about the vegan diet, the paleo diet, the carnivore diet. Macros, weigh your food, do this. All this thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. like you're sleeping next to your router. I'm like, it really doesn't matter what yeah. you're eating. <laughs> if you're 
the, so many biological processes are interrupted totally. by EMF exposure. I mean, it's just catastrophic. So there's that, but then there's also the fact that we're here on earth and this is, it is what it is. So um, what I've done is try to just educate people about my concerns and my subjective experience with it. And then also offer solutions that are practical and come up with a wide swath of solutions from the most inexpensive, simple solutions to the most hardcore options, which mitigating EMF gets quite expensive if you want to do it right. So that's, um, that's been a big part of my work. And um, the good news is that people are becoming increasingly aware of it and curious about it. I would say one of the most common questions I get is around the topic of EMF. Oh, I got this cell phone. What do I do? Or how do I fix the router? Or should I hardwire right. this or that? The right. shielding paint, the shielding fabrics, all of this stuff. Um, so for people uh, listening, there's two things. I have a um, EMF course. It's like $149. It's I think up to six plus hours of content. It's probably way too much, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a nut. When but at I make least content. it's there. At least somebody. Yeah. I mean, literally to... everything you could ever want to know about EMF, all the different types too. That's the issue. You mentioned geopathic stress. There's probably five or six different types of EMF that we're getting blasted with. And then in my course, I offer solutions, as I said, from the yeah. most simplistic, easy to apply, don't really interrupt your life to making huge changes in your life and in your home so that you're relatively safe. Um, and so that I think is found at uh, lukestory.com slash EMF masterclass, if you want to put it in your show notes, but I'm going to take that class too. Jeez. I'll give yeah. it to you. I'll yeah. give it to you. That'd be awesome. Podcast host freebie. Hey. Um, everyone else, it's 149. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, to give people some insight because some people are going to be aware, but there are some really simple practical things you can do, like putting your Wi-Fi router on a timer. Oh yeah. Yeah. You I was know? going to ask you the simplest thing. Yeah. I was thinking you might say that. And and there's also when you're choosing a place to live, I mean, this is going to be hard for some people and I guess this isn't that practical, but I would, the, the higher concentration of people, the more dense a population in your town or city the worse the EMF is going to be inherently. And it's just the way it is. So like if you measure the levels out here where I live in the country outside of Austin, it's probably 80% lower sitting in my house than it would be in an apartment in downtown Austin. Right? Yeah. Right, right. So just think about like how many people live around you, the EMF is going to be worse, but at least putting your Wi-Fi router on a timer so that you aren't being radiated um, at such a close proximity while you sleep. And if you can move your router somewhere far away from your bed, that's even better where you hang out. Many people have a home office like I do, and there's an EMF router in there. And it's all about proximity because um, radiation follows the inverse square law. So there's kind of an algorithmic scale where it goes up exponentially the closer you are. Right. The further right. you get from any source of EMF, regardless of the type, the safer you are. So keeping your router as far away as you can and also becoming aware of all the different things that generate Wi-Fi signals, like all these Sonos speakers around my house, yeah. if they weren't yeah. hard, mine are hardwired with Ethernet. But if they weren't, every little Sonos thing is a Wi-Fi router. So you have your house, you know, just, just surrounded. Microwaving you. <laughs> and the other, yeah. And the other thing about it that's really like, ah, that I pull my hair out over is, you know, people are concerned about 5G and there's all this, you know, there are some 
righteous concerns about it. And there's also a lot of hype about it. People don't really have a thorough understanding of what 5G is because it's not one thing. There are different bandwidths of frequency that 5G or the fifth generation uses. My issue is not so much which one, it's that there is not a physicist on the planet, to my knowledge, that has looked into how these frequencies interact with one another. Oh. And the discordance that's created with those frequencies. Right. So if we just had LTE or 1G or 2G, there's a certain bandwidth of frequencies. And I think those are also harmful. But then when you're stacking, you know, megahertz into the high gigahertz with the small cell 5Gs that are short distance yeah. antenna and uh, receivers and transmitters. It's how are they all interacting? We, we just don't know. We're like, eh, whatever. Well, it's like when you go to a concert, you know, if you stand in that one spot, they've angled the speakers so that the acoustics are amplifying right. and, and those wave patterns are overlaying. So you get a greater amplitude of the, of the waves and the peaks versus a, you know, the, what do they call it? A, not a deconstructive pattern, but there's that interference pattern yeah. that cancels themselves out yeah. because we don't know, because we haven't asked. Yeah. This problem could actually be far worse than we even know in what we're exposing cells <laughs> I'm quite, and petri dishes to. I'm quite certain it is. Yeah. But yeah. but here here's the thing with, with the EMF stuff is depending on your level of trauma in life and if you're carrying unresolved PTSD, A, someone with PTSD is going to be much more susceptible to those sensitivities. B, someone with PTSD is going to have a much more active limbic system. And so the fight or flight response to one's concern around EMF exposure to me is probably almost as bad. And if nothing else is compounding the actual damage from the EMF. So it's, it's, it's a nuanced thing yeah. because I think yeah. that maybe the middle path is building awareness, mitigating where and when you can starting to do some research study, but you got to live your life at the same time. And, and I know this for myself, when I'm driving around in downtown Austin, I see towers everywhere. I start to contract. I'm like, ah, drive faster, get away from that tower. You know? And then, yeah. you know, I'm seeing myself as like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas when the black helicopters are following him when he's high on Coke. Um, for those that have seen the movie, <laughs> but scene. you know, I'm literally like looking out my window, like, ah, oh, there's another tower. There's another tower. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's there's the existence, there's the physics, there's the provable, but then it's how I'm responding to it emotionally and the type of thoughts and beliefs I have about it. So it's a little tricky and I'm always kind of finding mm. my way there mm. where I can be in awareness and educate myself, be proactive, but not do so from a place of fear or right. danger because the body being under that danger response that's being imposed by one's mind is going to make you more susceptible to the EMF yeah, anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, having to do with brainwaves and all that stuff. But back to practical things, you know, being aware of the the Wi-Fi router and all the other Wi-Fi emitting devices. I don't have any smart refrigerators, none of that stuff. If it says smart, smart I don't buy smart, it. Uh, smart meters on the electrical box. I got that switched got that out. out. It's like an extra $35 a month. Um, now, in, in here where we are today, uh, luckily this house was built in 2004. So every room was wired with an ethernet adapter. So oh, it's no all kidding. networked, which is really cool. Cause yeah. that's what I would do if I built a house. Yeah. Had that not been done, I would have put in a network switch and still run ethernet along the baseboards in the whole house and have everything wired. But one thing that I did that was um, useful, especially since I'm not the only one living here and Allison is not as concerned about EMF as I, uh, is we have these, um, uh, Wi-Fi ports around the house that can be turned off and on with an app on your phone. So 
I have the Wi-Fi on right now because we're live streaming on my Instagram. Follow me at Luke Story. <laughs> but then when you leave, I'll just turn it off. So it's yeah. like, it's nice to have that Wi-Fi. Um, and like an AV company came and set up all that networking. That's not so practical for many people. But another practical tip is there's a site called antennasearch.com. And uh, you can put in the address where you live or work. And it will actually show you the towers nearby on a map and also give you, because I think the FCC regulates this. So if you want to put up a cell tower somewhere, you have to report it and it's on record somewhere. So they've got a very detailed topographical map. Yeah. And then how, how far they are from the address that you enter and also the frequencies. So you can see if it is in oh. fact like up in the gigahertz in the 5G range and it's right next to your office, yeah. like you move, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like moving out of, high density population areas. But if you're just someone like me, I lived in LA 32 years. I didn't want to move to the country. I was having a life, you know? Yeah. But to me, the bedroom is the most sacred place. And that is the worst time to be exposed to EMF when you're sleeping because you're in a parasympathetic state. And so the parts of your physiology that make you resilient to external threats is offline. And your body is supposed to be totally offline so that you can detox and go through all the processes of rest and rejuvenation and repair. But if your body and your nervous system are still under that perceived threat, well, that actual threat of radiation, then your body never truly rests. And I had an experience in that apartment that was interesting to that point. I got, um, there's one over there in the corner. It's called a Blue Shield, B-L-U, Blue Shield. It's a company from New Zealand. And they make uh, scalar wave generators that harmonize EMF fields. And I got one of those and put it in my room before I knew about the cell towers and I got really sick. And so I called them and I was like, what is the deal? Like, I feel like I'm worse when I put your device in my house. And they said, oh, you're likely having a Herxheimer reaction because the fields in your house are being harmonized. You're actually going into a more restful state and your body is finally detoxing because ah, it's been on high alert every yeah. night when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> this is what it's like to actually heal during your rest. Yeah. So to wow. me, the bedroom is the most important. And if someone, um, I also have a robust EMF section on my website, lukestory.com. I'm just an affiliate. I don't like sell anything myself except my course. Uh, but uh, for example, I'm always on the lookout for useful tools. There's a Faraday basically like a Faraday tent that blocks all radiation that you can put over your bed. Kind Whoa. of looks like a mosquito net. Yeah, yeah. So that's, a, you know, it's like, that's I think a thousand dollars or something. Right. So that like, if I lived in a city, I would have one of those. I don't care what it looks like. You know I mean? It depends on your vibe. It could be cool. It could it kind be of, very romantic. Kind I mean, of looks like know. safari, you yeah, know, sort yeah. of vibe. Um, the Marrakesh tr- style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so there's something like that. Um, what I think that the ultimate move in is, and people, I mean, like stop buying supplements and hire a building biologist to come into your home and test the levels, at least in your bedroom. And if you own, well, even if you rent, you can paint, well, you don't do it, but you have a professional paint the walls with shielding paint. And in some cases also, there's a mesh that goes on the floor under the carpet. They ground that paint. It's wow. conductive paint. Then you just paint over it. The wall behind you is black behind that white So it's like paint. a primer that blocks the yeah. electric, electric yeah. or magnetic. Uh, electric fields and RF fields. Magnetic fields can't be blocked by paint, unfortunately. But those can be fixed through an electrician fixing your wiring in most right. cases. Right, 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 right. But to me, creating the bedroom sanctuary for you and if you have kids, especially for young kids, because they're so much more susceptible, 
and sensitive. So, so that's what we did in the, in the bedroom here. When you go in there, like your phone dies, you know, it's just a complete, no kidding, a safe space. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. But since we moved in here, I, I track my sleep scores. My sleep scores are higher than they've ever been. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm finally sleeping in more of an, an ancestral environment yeah. where everything's grounded. There's no EMF and you can actually feel it when you walk in a room that's shielded. There's this energetic quiet that is perceivable to those who yeah. are able to perceive such things. Um, so, you know, there's ways to block the EMF. And then what I also like to do is use um, harmonizing devices. And in, in EMF mitigation, you have like hard physics and then you have quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And the hard physics is block it and it's measurable with an EMF meter. The harmonizing is a little trickier to navigate because I can like you know, come out with this rattle and say, this is a quantum rattle and it's going to block your EMF. Like anyone can call anything quantum and right. say, that's going to help your EMF or not right. block, but harmonize your EMF. I just want an excuse to use Allison's <laughs> rattle. It's an awesome rattle. <laughs> not to denigrate her rattle. You know, she, she holds these things very sacred. Uh, that was a prayer. That was a prayer. But in the, in the harmonics, there are a few things that I found to be useful that I believe in. One of them is the Blue Shield. There's another company called Leela Quantum Tech um, on my kitchen island there. There's a big gold box. That's an incredible... Um, it's in the in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll have to check yeah. it out. And that also harmonizes the space. And then there's another device. I think I took it out of here because it makes cat uh, light for the cat at night. It's called the Soma Vedic. And then there's a whole house service called FLFE or Focus Life Force Energy that also works in the quantum realm. So I like those things, but one would be advised to be discerning around yeah. products that like harmonize EMF because it's in the quantum realm of physics. It's not measurable. What is measurable when you're dealing with these quantum technologies are the effects on your physiology yeah. through testing HRV, brain waves, live blood cell analysis. Many of them are doing tests on plants and sprouting plants yeah. in and out of the yeah. field. Yeah. Um, so there is some quantification and there is ongoing, how they affect water, the Dr. Emoto, you know, the water crystal photography in and out of EMF fields, yeah. harmonized, not harmonized. So there are ways to show that there's an energetic or uh, biogeometry, as you know. I think you that's know? a great, yeah, I was going to mention that, but. I don't discount those things, but I also just like the physics of it too. And if I can sleep in a space that's totally blocked and I have the harmonizing things in the house and the Wi-Fi is off. Got all your bases covered. I feel yeah. pretty good. <laughs> but then again, like I'm someone who was really harmed by this yeah. technology. And I just, I remember what it felt like to barely be able to drive to just, I mean, I can't even believe I kept my podcast going. There were days, I mean, I just couldn't work. I was so compromised and I had no idea what was wrong with me. And my work involves a lot of thinking and speaking and being the Absolutely. guy that I am right here. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was finding this like almost dementia level and I'm not minimizing dementia, but it really was like something was wrong with my brain. Well, when you go from a hundred percent to 50%, that probably feels a lot like dementia where you're like, I can't get the words. I yeah. Can't. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's my thing. LukeStory.com slash EMF masterclass. And you know, everything I know is there and, and I'm, I'm going to keep talking about it because as I said, I think it's, it's really paramount that we get a grip on this. And the funny thing is the technology exists to make all of this radiation inert, but the telecommunications industry, which by the way, is I believe has the most lobbying power of all industries. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Stronger than 
Big tobacco, big pharma, all the things. All yeah, things. so so I've heard. Wow, wow. Do your research, listeners. But I, I've heard that from multiple sources. It's big enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's because it's data collection. Yeah, that's where the value is. So more so that even than the pharmaceutical industry, because you think about the um, the data that's being collected and how valuable that is, right? And so we think of like big tech as a big industry with lobbying power. Well, big tech doesn't work without telecommunications. It's almost like they're the lobbying lobby of the lobbyers. Yeah. Like yeah. they want everybody else to also get on their page because, hey, we're going to collect as much data as we possibly can so that you guys have more yeah. data to lobby for your own. And they're not incentivized to pursue practices in the best interest of, of course, humanity's health. That's just yeah. not part of the bottom line, right? I mean, when you see an ad on the internet that's like, T-Mobile has 5G in your area now, sign up. It's not like, and radiation-free, you know, <laughs> yeah. harmonized radiation. Yeah, like that yeah, is yeah. nowhere near the conversation. Yeah. But, you know, things like biogeometry and different things like I've been discussing have proven that it is possible for us to live with the conveniences sure. of wireless communications without giving ourselves freaking brain cancer. And I actually, after I had that experience at that apartment, I interviewed um, a neurosurgeon and I explained to him what happened and the, the proximity of these towers. And he looked at me and he said, I can't believe you don't have brain cancer. You know, and this is, this is like, yeah, we're talking about somebody who works in the brain, sees yeah. tumors, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And I've got, you know, being a doctor myself, I've got plenty of other physicians who I think they like sort of in, intuitively do feel like it's bad, but especially the neurologists, they're like, we don't, I don't, I won't, I don't hold a phone up to my head. Are you kidding me? I'm radiating my brain. Right. I'm like, you're a neurologist and you're right. in a, in a hospital that is swimming in EMF. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all day long, your patients who are healing are swimming in EMF. Hospitals, they're one of the most unhealthy environments. <sighs> Absolutely. Like if you could just imagine like, how do we make people really sick? Flickering blue light, crazy high levels of EMF, shit food. Distract them from sleep. Fluoridated water, yeah. yeah beeping, like sounds yeah. all the time, no silence, no quiet. I mean, I, it's like ending up in a hospital for any reason is something I really try to avoid. I mean, it's one of the reasons yeah. that I, you know, live the lifestyle that I live is I yeah. just... I don't want to have to go to someone else and outsource my own vitality and longevity. So I'm going to figure out as much as I can on my own. Right. You know? Right. I mean, that said though, like I recently, for some reason I have like these spots on my chest. I don't know if it's like a little swimmer's fungus, but there's like these little white spots. And yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go to the dermatologist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, checked out. I'm not going to rub tea tree oil. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, let me just go in yeah. and get the things and get her done. Or, you know, sometimes if I'm, um, you know, if I come down with a cold or flu or something like I'm, I'm chugging ivermectin, I'm doing all the things yeah. like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not anti-medicine because God, many of us wouldn't be here, but it's always the last resort. I'm going to try to figure it out on my own. So if we're waiting around for the telecommunications industry to be like, Hey, let's make this all safe and healthy. It's going to be a long wait. But, what was happening with 5G during COVID? Like, what was your interpretation of that? <laughs> I don't know, but I do know that there are some 30,000 odd research papers indicating uh, the various ways in which different types of EMF interrupt biological processes yeah. in the human body. Yeah. They are not good for biology. In those studies, and not that I've read them all, but like I know enough and, and having had the feeling within myself of being exposed, I know. But when you're dealing with lower frequencies, 
these are in the, the megahertz range. Mm-hmm. There's a different effect on the body than when you get up in the gigahertz range, like 30 to 60 gigahertz. You're dealing in like radar now. This is military grade frequencies that have not been used for telecommunications long enough for us to really know. Sure. We just know that when you get up into those ranges, um, it's more antithetical to life of, of, of all lives, not just human lives. Like all lives matter. What about the bees? You know what I mean? Like colony collapse. Why do you like, why when you drive around a humid place like Texas in summer, are there no bugs on your windshield anymore? You know, the geoengineering, the the 5g, the the navigation that birds and insects use to get around is all being interrupted. I mean, we're electromagnetic beings, right? Our physiology runs on electricity. That's why we need minerals. We're conductive. We're, we're electric. We're pol- polarized. Yeah. The, yeah. The body's yeah. electric. So with the 5G thing, I think the concern that people have is that when you get up into the higher ranges of 30 to 60 gigahertz, those ranges don't, uh, they can carry more data, but they don't travel very far. And so you have to have them close to oh, infrastructure. Oh, oh, oh. So if you put up a 30 gigahertz, you know, 5G tower outside of my house, it's probably going to make me and my immediate neighbor sick, but the guy a mile away is not even going to be able to detect it. Sure. And so this idea with smart cities is where the real concern with 5G is because there are going to be small one, many cities like downtown Austin is like this. Yeah. You see, you see them. They're like by the, by the stoplights and stuff, these big cones. Uh So they have to have a bunch of them. So the whole place is just you know, the vicinity in which you have these 5G towers, these small cell towers is just lit. Like if you get an EMF meter and go out there, <sighs> even wanna... it just maxes out. It's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like your meter doesn't even go that high. It's like, eh, like one of those robots from like the 80s. Yeah. Like our head starts spinning. Yeah. When, when R2-D2 gets shot, you yeah, know, right. um, it's kind of like that. But, um, you know, so that's the concern. But the confusion is because there's a blanket term 5G, which just means fifth generation. So like there could be 5G in this area. Area, but we don't have any small cell sites where those upper levels of gigahertz are being oh, used. They're using, you know, 1800 megahertz or whatever, right? So we still have a relatively long wave that yeah. can go a little yes, further. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To me, all of it's bad. And as I said, the way that these frequencies are interacting is, is just total cowboys and Indians. I mean, it's the wild west. We have no idea. We're just like, yeah, put them all up. But now what's happening is they're kind of converting some of the 3 and 4G to 5G. It doesn't really matter. It's just the same principles apply. The inverse square law, get as far as you can away from it. And if that's not conducive to your life and where you want to live, then like find a way to get your bedroom a healing sanctuary. At least your bedroom. Yeah, Yeah. which is is to me the the most important. um, Because the sleep is just... I mean, I'm 51 now, so I really fe- I didn't sleep last night because we had these screaming frogs in, <laughs> in the pool that I went out and caught by hand. Thank God, you know, as I said earlier, um, I was very impressed that I was able to catch them at night. I was were like, they in the water? Yeah, because our pool went green because oh. we're we're changing the pool equipment over, so yeah. it's just like it's a pond. There's a no pond chlorine now, in it. Yeah. yeah. So one moved in. He starts squawking. I was like, this is not going to work. Then last night, his <laughs> his girl heard the call and came in. So I went out to observe them and they were they were mid coitus they were engaged <laughs> making crazy noises dude I, I didn't even know frogs could make you want to mimic noise. the noise for us it was like <laughs> i mean we have these are like weatherproof double pane windows and everything right <laughs> yeah uh all the doors and windows shut the ac on fans on so i got noisy. i have earplugs in 
and I'm hearing them. Um, yeah, so sounds like they had a great time in your pool last night. They they had a great time in the creek when I went and let them go this morning too. He's a man. Yeah, so EMF is the big thing for me. And then the other thing is uh, when it comes to physical health, I mean, that said, all of this, I think, is somewhat trumped by metaphysical empowerment, yeah. right? So, like, if you truly, truly believe that you're more resilient than that Wi-Fi router over there, I give some credence to that. And yeah. as I said, sitting around worrying about it makes you weaker and That's more exactly susceptible. Right. right. But the other thing that I'm a huge advocate of is is um, light temperature awareness, right? Let's, let me pause there for one yeah. second because I want to also tie this into why, let's say a person who's struggling with pregnancy or miscarriage or whatever else is, is and they're starting to ponder like, well, this EMF stuff, maybe there's something to it. I do want to bring that same comparison that, I, that we talked about the other day on your show, which is the chymatics plates where you see yeah, yeah. a tin plate with a bunch of salt on it, you vibrate that plate at a various frequency and crank it up by a couple notches left to right, and you get a totally different geometrical pattern in those salt granules. If you compare that to a zebrafish and how these em this embryologic development happens within a zebrafish, you can watch it in time-lapse as two cells become, or two gametes become one cell, and that divides, 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 divides. And then you've got billions, or if not trillions, of cells doing this very delicate orchestrated movement around one another to form the various ectodermal and endodermal and mesodermal constituents of this, what eventually becomes a fish. And you're watching them all move, and then you watch the chymatics plate, and then you're looking at the zebrafish embryo, and then you're watching the chymatics plate, and you're like, oh man, there's something, this delicate orchestration is happening in both situations, and we don't need to say that each cell is intelligent perhaps it's actually becoming in alignment with the field, the greater field, which is a vibrational frequency very similar to what we're using to vibrate chymatics plates, which gets us into ultrasound and gets us into being bathed or, or you know, miscarriages amongst cows in Hamburg, Switzerland. They do some biogeometry adjustments to, to help harmonize the cow's frequency with the environment to negate the impacts of these new cell phone towers. And lo and behold, no more miscarriages, no more mastitis, bad infections, calves dying early in life. So this is very relevant to what, we're, to what I do in my practice. And when people do live next to cell phone towers, I think that's especially relevant. But like you said, you've got, we, everybody wants to smart everything and you're, you're just being bathed now in this, in this signal. So for anybody out there who is curious about how this might be relevant to OBGYNs, this is way more relevant to what we do perhaps than many other disciplines in medicine. So I just wanted to give that yeah, as a reason to go to your site and that's like, a really, check a this really stuff good out. Point. Yeah. Um, on, on that note, two things come to mind. One is, this one is such a travesty, is that wireless baby monitors yeah. produce an incredible amount of EMF uh, next to your infant. So yeah. I would get a wired one. <laughs> the yeah. other thing is um, th what women that are wanting to conceive or especially women that are pregnant, you can actually get these belly wraps that have EMF shield. It's like just a thin sort of gauze oh, yeah. with elastic on two ends and it just covers your whole abdomen. So no electric fields or uh, RF fields can penetrate into Whoa. your, into your womb. Yeah. Super cool. That's awesome. Who, who makes that? Do you know the name? Uh, Defender shield. Defender shield. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. I got, okay. I have the link to it on my site. It's like a belly wrap. I, yeah. It's super cool. And then there's also, um, 
you know, there's other lines of EMF clothing, that company Leela um, yeah. that I uh -huh. mentioned, they have like a parka I got, I have a beanie, I sleep in their beanie, not so much now that their room is shielded, but when I travel, I sleep in that beanie and um, Lambs makes EMF underwear. I've got them on now to <laughs> have men's and women's, you know, to protect right your reprodu reproductive organs and stuff. So yeah, I think in terms of um, conception and pregnancy and also after you have babies, there's little EMF blankets you can wrap them in. So wow. to me, this is like one of the most critical applications of EMF awareness and, and just doing some simple things. Yeah. I mean, it's like when Allison's sitting here on the couch and she has like her cell phone right next to her belly, even though she's not pregnant yet, I'll just grab the little EMF blanket and just here, honey, let me tuck you in. Just, yeah. Whoosh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it's probably annoying as shit. Cause I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, part of it's like, don't be a control freak. The other part is no, I really love my wife. And like her womb is really important to yeah, me, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and to us. So it's um, like taking the white bread and putting like a carrot stick in that would piss anybody off. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I do my best. I'm sure I'm, she, I'm difficult in that regard, but she, she's patient, but yeah, in terms of, uh, the pregnancy and also just think about, I mean, I have to tell you this, but how thin babies skulls are yeah. too, man. I mean, talking like a millimeter or two. Thick. Yeah. So if you think Very about thin. how, like go in your car and put your cell phone in your center console, does your signal go down at all? No. Like that's hard plastic and some metal, right? Right. I mean, you could put your phone in a metal box and it'll get signal. That signal is yeah. going into, not to guilt parents who, you know, don't know this or. It's just a matter of making people aware that there is something to this. It's... Yeah. But you're sitting there breastfeeding and you're what you're looking at your cell phone right here. Like, again, that's the proximity, you know, yeah. cell phone radiation can be detected up to 30 feet away. So that cell phone right there, we can throw that all the way on the other side of the house. And if I have an RF meter here in a contained environment, you'll pick up the radiation from that phone up to 30 feet away. That's what it's emitting. Let alone it being resting against your baby's head while you're holding yeah. it or whatever so, else. Yeah. So, you know, really again, important. again, no guilt, but I mean, it's one small change like that could make a huge difference, especially when you're thinking about the electromagnetic nature of our brain and our brainwaves. How do they measure brainwaves on a QEEG? You're measuring yeah. electrical yeah. signals. Like this is how the brain works. These waves aren't waves of vitamins and minerals and supplements. They're waves of electricity of energy, right, you know, right. the acupuncture system, we're dealing with chi, we're dealing with the electric field of the body. So when you have a tiny, tiny, tiny little body, imagine how much more susceptible they sure, are sure, because they haven't even adapted within the course of one adolescence and young adulthood, right? At least where our bodies are, we've not adapted, you know, millions of years to deal with non-native EMF, we've adapted to deal with native EMF, right, the right. magnetic field of the earth, the RF from the sun. I mean, we live yeah, in a radiated yeah. planet, but non-native and native EMF is different and we've not evolved to the non-native EMF, but maybe in the course of a lifetime, I mean, you just, you're walking around in a beta brainwave state and your nervous system is on a little more high alert, except when you're sleeping, of course. But a baby's just like wide open, like blast me, you know blast what I mean? Blast me all day. Yeah, they're, yeah. Just, they're just soaking everything up. They're walking around in theta primarily for the first, first seven years. I mean, they're literally just a sponge taking in information. And some of that information is frequency-based, you know? So, yeah, it's a very good two, point. Two little things I wanted to share to add on to that is that in Europe, you know, Europe's been way more uh, open to the, to the possible detrimental effects, impacts of 5G. That's why during the COVID you know, that, that thing we went through, they were like, they were protesting the, these new cell phone towers and all this other stuff as the fifth generation technology started to emerge <clears throat> and they weren't wholly successful. But that, even that story aside, 
there is there are a variety of of countries and cities across Europe that don't even allow Wi-Fi technologies in their daycare centers and preschools and whatnot because they get this. Like it's it we don't necessarily need that randomized controlled trial to say that this kid's brain is being impacted by this high frequency technologies that we're just being bathed in all day long. Maybe as adults we develop a different constellation, but we don't know what the long term effects are of that because it just came out. And now we're just going to blast little kids and, oh, you know, just like with asbestos or cigarettes or whatever else, we can look back and say, oh, shame on us. Or thalidomide, which made, you know, kids with basically flippers for arms and legs years ago. I think it was, a, uh, I can't remember what thalidomide was actually used for. It was maybe something like premenstrual syndrome or something like that. But it turns out that it had this, this developed all these congenital anomalies in the kiddos. And then immediately they took it off the market. But after a generation of kids you know, a percentage of them had been developed without arms and legs, you know, functional arms and legs. So we can always look in retrospect and say, hindsight, you know, it's 2020. Could we possibly look ahead and, and foresee that there's some detrimental impacts to this next generation of children who are now being bathed in EMF from the moment of conception all the way through their adolescence? That's not really a wager that I'm willing to make. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. not willing to, to bet that it's safe. And, you know, the same goes for vaccines and all these other things, but we won't get into that today. The other short story I wanted to tell is that I just finished the biogeometry training with Doria Karim. I know you've been in touch with Ibrahim, and um, I'm really excited for you to go into that adventure because it is a little bit more of that quantum, the, the sort of, um, it's, it is measurable. They have a way of measuring it, but it's not as measurable as an EMF meter. But in order to validate it, they've done quite a bit of, of clinical research, and Ibrahim is... He's been faculty at a variety of universities, and he's been counseling a lot of PhD students on developing research around biogeometry principles. And some of those, those dissertations were around what is the impact on child behavior or autism or agitation or anxiety, whatever else, in a group of young, in a cohort of young kids before and after these interventions. And we're talking very basic attachments using 2 and 3D shapes in windows, on doorways, and um, they probably already don't have Wi-Fi. But what if we took these kids that are generally misbehaved, started making some minor adjustments? Could Is there some sort of quantifiable difference? And across the board, yes, they've, they've seen incredible results. One, one interesting result was that the teachers and the parents liked to hang out there with their kids more. Like it was a tolerable place to be with your, chi <clears throat> excuse me, with your children, telling me that like, you can call it feng shui. I mean, these are all the different ancient uh, practices of making a room feel good. And I have to say, Luke, your space really feels good. So what is that feel goodness? It's hard to quantify that. But when people want to be in a space, like that says something. When you feel well, when you're rested, that says something. Like this is really where we have to start looking inward instead of looking out to the medical establishment to tell us what's right and wrong. If it's something feels good, if you feel like, huh, behaviors are better. Like I'm cooler, I'm calmer, just chilling on the couch. Perhaps there's something as simple as getting some of these subtle energetics under, under, uh, under control. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about your, your glasses as well. Yeah. So my other, in the physical realm and I think the physical, all the biohacking and stuff, it can be kind of a distraction from what really matters, which to me is evolving spiritually but, you know, that said, we're still in a body. And the other elephant in the room to me is uh, what we've done with our indoor lighting mm -hmm. and and the detrimental effects of blue light. And basically just 
creating an artificial world indoors wherein many people throughout their life have very little exposure to natural light. Yeah. Not natural light like we think we're getting through this big window because this is actually a non-native blue light that comes through because half of the UV spectrum, well, probably more with these like storm windows for Texas heat. Yeah. We're getting a filtered light that's never been on the planet before. And our eyes, our skin don't know what to do with that spectrum of light. So we've evolved with firelight, moonlight, starlight at night and sunlight during the day. And sure, humans went inside. <laughs> we had our little caves or grass huts or mud huts or whatever, right? Evolutionarily speaking, but we spent the vast majority of time outdoors. And so uh, there's a different quality of light. And so many of our biological systems, our, our, our biochemistry is dependent on light. Like we're electric beings, we're light beings. Yeah. There's light inside the mitochondria. I mean, like our body makes water, our body makes light, our body receives light. We're basically a walking solar panel and not that much different from plants to me. I mean, you got the chlorophyll thing and photosynthesis of course works um, in a different way for a plant, but we're regulated by light. And so is the food that we eat. I mean, there are many people that say you should only eat local and seasonal because there's um, an energetic uh, photonic Mm. energy that's compatible with your food and your body, depending on where you are on the planet, if that food could actually grow there. Right. So everything interesting, like if you look at Krillian photography, right, this aura photography, you're looking at energy fields, you're looking at light basically emanating from sometimes um, even inanimate objects, you know, but light is everywhere. It's everything. So like non-native alien EMF to me is the same as non-native alien light. So, you know, one thing you can do is wear blue blocking glasses. And there's a also before that, there's a very narrow spectrum of blue light, which is like LED lights and, you know, why you feel crazy like me. Some people, if I walk in a Target or Home Depot with like all that blue light or hospital possible is probably the worst and it's just like why do i feel agitated so it's 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 a very narrow spectrum of light and that's used for a number of reasons one is it can be used to keep people alert and keep them kind of agitated like in a casino or something like that right right. Um, it's also used to save energy because a cooler light um, takes less energy than a warm light so if you plug in like an edison bulb that's using more juice than an LED bulb because there's actually a little fire of electricity going on that's illuminating that bulb, Um, an incandescent bulb, whereas an LED light works with diodes and it takes much less energy. The cooler the light, generally speaking, the less energy is consumed. So there's all this like energy star, you know, the light bulb lasts 10,000 years. Well, that's great. But what about, what about me? You know, I never thought about that. So the solutions are blue blocking glasses. Uh, I worked in fashion for like 17 years um, when I lived in LA. And so I was really kind of dismayed by a lot of the blue blockers that came on the market. I mean, there's a few cool ones now, but when I started wearing them 10 years ago, I mean, you look like a total nut, you know, they're like Bono. Yeah, or just yeah. these big, like, they look like welding goggles you'd get on Amazon. You oh, know, that's, they were like... Kind of, yeah, like yeah, the old so school blue blockers. Uh, heading out to Burning Man or something. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I just, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make my own. And so I hooked up with some uh, manufacturers that really understand the science and what spectrum of light you're trying to block uh, in the blue and green range. And so, yeah, they're called Gilded. You can get them at Gilded by LukeStory.com, G-I-L-D-E-D. Um, so you can wear blue blocking glasses and then live your best life. Minor prescription. We, we sell prescription glasses and readers and then just straight 
glasses. Uh, I'd never wear sunglasses. I don't wear sunscreen. I go out in the sun safely. I don't stare right at the sun unless it's <laughs> first 15 minutes of daybreak yeah, or, or, or sunset, dust. you know, yeah. that when the light's red, there's very little UV. And then what I do in my house, and it's kind of a work in project, is there are different switches that control different temperature lights. So the light bulbs right there are full, they're kind of purple looking. They're a full spectrum incandescent light. So that's as close as you can get to mimicking sunlight that has all the colors of the rainbow in it. Interesting. So when I want to stay alert and it's daytime, I turn on those lights. And then there's a whole other set of lights that are either sort of that um, warm golden incandescent Edison bulbs or even in some cases, just red light bulbs. Um, there's a company called Blue Blocks that makes a really yeah. great yeah. Uh, LED bulb. It's called the Lumi Sleep Bulb. And um, and those are great. They last forever. And another thing with lighting is uh, not just the temperature, but flicker. So if you're in your environment now, people listening, you can take your phone at night and you can film the light in your environment on slow-mo. And if you watch it back and it's turning off and on, your lights are flickering. And this is extremely agitating to your nervous system. It's sort of like being under a strobe light. Where you're getting higher amplified, higher amplitude uh, waves coming at fast. It's turning on and off. Like yeah, with a fluorescent yeah. bulb or an LED bulb, one of the ways that they save energy is they turn on and off about 60 times a second. So it's going... It's turning really? on and off that fast. Yeah. Now, depending on the wattage and other minutiae of incandescent bulbs, most of them don't flicker. And if they do, they flicker less. And when you do a slow-mo video, it appears to be turning off and on, but it's just kind of going high, low, high, low, high, low, which is a little less disruptive to your neurology. But when you're dealing with fluorescent bulbs and LED bulbs, they're literally, literally turning on and off. And so... You can find on YouTube slow motion videos where they show someone's pupil under a flickering light and your pupil's going, open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close 60 oh times God. a second. I mean, it's really so agitating. Confusing to it's sub-perceptual, but you just know like, oh, I just feel agitated when you're in that light and you'll start to notice. So in your home, there are things you can do is just buy light bulbs that specifically say flicker free or non-flickering. They'll say that on there? And, uh, well, you I have to search for those. Yeah. Oh. I mean, like the, the blue blocks, uh, Lumi sleep bulbs yeah. says, you know, little to no flicker and I've tested them and they don't flicker. Um, these bulbs here on their website, those are called uh, Chroma Max, I think, the, the full spectrum. And they'll say non-flickering. Wow. The trick is, <laughs> there's always a caveat, even a great light bulb that doesn't flicker will flicker if you put it on a dimmer switch. Oh, so when you put the dimmer switch, yeah, the dimmer switch, when you cut the power down, it somehow creates kind of a um, more chaotic current to that bulb and it, it, it will flicker. So, you know, again, like, I don't want to hear this stuff about EMF and blue light and become hyper vigilant. It's just things to be aware of. Like if yeah. you, if you're putting a bulb in a lamp over there in your living room and you have a choice between one that's like a fake non-native blue flickering light that could cause headaches and even in people with epilepsy seizures. I mean, this is, this is how oh, they yeah. work. Oh yeah. I, all you got to do is just choose a different bulb and maybe a little research or follow, you know, work by someone like me who will do the research for you and just geek out on this shit and find the solution figured out. 
throw my affiliate link on my website and like, here, everyone, I've fa- I figured Just it go out. Go to this one website. Yeah. yeah. I figured yeah. it out yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I actually like researching this stuff and I like solving problems. I feel really good and fulfilled when I solve problems. So, well, and people, people out there are spending thousands of dollars a year. My mother is one of them on sleep thousands of dollars a year. Like, let's try this new tonic. Let's try this symbiotic. Let's try needed. Let's try. And, and then they end up with all these potions when it's not actually a deficiency in the potion. It's just that you need to get your circadian rhythm back on track. Yeah. Maybe not even through a synthetic melatonin gummy. Maybe it's actually you just need to change the bulbs in your lamps next to your bed. It could be something that simple. Dude, it's, I've been habituated to this like ancestral lighting practice for a number of years and it makes a huge difference on sleep. What what I do, I try not to get too crazy with it, but just when the sun goes down, I just sort of take note, oh, it's dusk. And then I just turn on the orange and yellow and red bulbs in the house. And then as it gets later at night, there's just a few switches I know are just red bulbs. Right. Like our nightstands are red, red. And so I just know. And, you know, depending on whether you rent or own, it's easier or more difficult to make some of these changes with both EMF and lighting. But it's not that complicated. I mean, if you have a really small apartment, you only have so many lights in there, do a slow-mo video and switch out the lights that flicker or not, you know, yeah. if, you, if you don't yeah, yeah, care. Yeah. But, no, I know I'm like, I'm so curious to do But if you want to relax at night, trust me, if you stop the light from flickering, this, here's the thing, evolutionarily, I always like to think about where we came from, like, and what was it like before, right? Not that before it was perfect. I love my wireless shit. I love being able to flip a light switch on, have air conditioning. Trust me, I... I would go live in the woods if I wanted to. And, uh, you know, I like these conveniences. But the interesting thing about it is that once you get used to light hygiene, then it becomes really dysregulating yeah. when it's not that way. So yeah. if I go in a hospital now, it's like I can feel the light flickering. I don't even need to make a video of it. And I can tell the spectrum is really agitating. So you can you can really like use the temperature and intensity of light to shape how you feel. It has, it has a massive impact. And yeah. also just becoming more um, resilient to sun exposure too. Yeah. Just really yeah. learning how to safely get out in the sun. I mean, I don't wear sunglasses. If I spend too much time behind windows, I go outside, I let, you know, let Balance myself, yeah, let myself soak in the sun and then, and then, you know, take a little break and come back in the artificial light environment and do my thing, you know? So it's just, it's like making incremental little adjustments and tweaks along the way rather than getting crazy about it and think you have to change everything at once. Yeah. It was taking me years to just integrate Oh, you know, I got this little phone case that makes the radiation not fly in the direction of your face. It goes out the back of the phone so I can talk on my phone on speakerphone yeah. and it's a little less gnarly. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's yeah. like, so I got to get used to carrying this clunky thing around instead of my, my old slim solo phone, you know, mm-hmm. but now I'm just used to it and that's just how I do it. Are all of these tools, like the toys that you've been messing around with, have you, you've collected all of your favorites on your website? Yeah, like yeah. Shop, right? Yeah. After uh, a couple of years doing my podcast and doing the stuff that I do, I just, I would answer so many DMs and so many emails like, Hey, do you know if a good phone case that blocks EMF? I'm like, ah, you know, cause I buy all this stuff and try it out, spot. test it all. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, at lukestory.com, there's a store there. And again, the only thing that I sell are my blue blocking glasses and my EMF course, but the rest of it's just links, you know, yeah. it's just anything cool that I find. It's like Luke recommends. It's like anything on there. 
I use it, I've vetted it, I believe in it. And when new information emerges and I think something's not the best in class anymore, then I remove it. Yeah, right. So it's like constantly updated and, you know, curated according to at least what I find to be useful. What's next for you? Uh, well, now that we are done with this um, shitstorm of a renovation that is now, you know, the nice cozy house you're sitting in, um, that took a lot of my time and energy for a year. It's supposed to be a four-month project, and anyone that's renovated a house knows. People told me, though, they were like, oh, double the time in the budget. I was like, how about quadruple? <laughs> <laughs> it took 15 months or something. Uh, but prior to that, I had started uh, writing a book. And so oh, right now that we're kind of getting settled in here, I mean, I, I just need a little furniture and somewhere to sit and continue my book. But that's that's really my tunnel vision um, is just, uh, yeah, a book that I'm I'm hoping will help people find a connection to themselves and their heart and to adopt a spiritually based lifestyle that that works for them. Yeah. A universally adoptable way to overcome adversity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it is a testament to you that you have been through some serious tribulation in your life. And here we are hanging out. Yeah. Two people from very, very different backgrounds, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I, you're, you were in med school. I was in med school. Crunching and, the books and I was out in the streets of Hollywood smoking crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was probably like wondering, man, that guy's never going to get his life together. And then here we are, you know, yeah. chatting. And I, I think there's also something, um, to your story. That's like, you, people just have to give themselves a break and like start tomorrow, new stream feel it out and like, just do your best because, yeah. you know, I don't think anybody has it all figured out. I think you've figured out a lot of things that a lot of people would like to figure out. And you're probably still like, man, but if you can know all of the other things that I'm still working on, I think that it's also important to honor that. Totally. That you don't ever reach that, that, that like, I've done it. I've figured it out. No. And that finite game. And <laughs> also if you look at, cause I observe this in myself often, what, what's motivating me, right? So, okay, I want to get this house and fix all the EMF. Yeah. But why? Yeah. Well, EMF's bad for you. Yeah. But what are you going to get? What, what does your experience look, taste, feel like on the other side of that? Yeah. Or I want to make yeah. this much money or get in this relationship, you know, any sort of milestone or goal. It's like what we're looking for. I mean, I guess it's, subjective to each independent person. But for me, I'm looking for freedom, certainty, love, just fundamental human needs that I'm attaching to the lifestyle that I'm building. Mm. But it's easy to get caught up in sort of the illusion that once I do this, then that. But what if I could just emotionally take myself to the place that's at the end of this goal? So yeah. imagine, yeah. Luke, what it would feel like to be in a world where there's no EMF anywhere. What would that feel like? Well, I would feel oh, rested. You know, I would feel content. My nervous system would be calm. I would I would feel balanced. Uh, I would feel clear in my mind. My eyes would work properly. Uh, I would have deep sleep. I'd feel rested. I would have vitality. I would have energy. That's what I imagine would, would happen if I could solve this EMF problem. Well, what if I had access to that experience yeah. right here? Yeah, yeah. Which I do, and, and you yeah. do, and everyone does. Then the process of 
mitigating the EMF just becomes kind of a cool hobby to help facilitate and to help accentuate what I'm already experiencing. Right, right. It's like that phenomenon of wanting to find your, your mate, your life partner and feeling incomplete without them or, you know, having a certain benchmark of income that you would prefer for your life and attaching our satisfaction to that. Exactly. But if, if I don't learn how to just be in love with myself in a field of love with myself, it doesn't matter who you add into my life as a partner, I'm still going to feel a void. That's right. If I'm at a hundred thousand dollars of yearly income right now, and I can't be satisfied and there's a yearning inside me for more and I'm not enough, it's not enough. I'm not safe, whatever then you put me to 500, I'm still the same person with that same inner experience. Right, right. So that's why I always, you know, even though I talk a lot about physical health, it's it's kind of novelty, really, all of the physical stuff. Whereas the metaphysical, I think, well, and I don't think in my experience, it supersedes all that because we can sort of time travel into the de- desired felt state of being. That doesn't mean we don't eat right and we don't do the EMF and don't do the things, but there's not this attachment to those things as... I'll feel safe when, or I'll be healthy when, or I'll be happy when. Wait, I lose weight or whatever. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about all those clients that I work with, and it's like, why do you want to lose weight? Yeah, well, then I'll be, then I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be happy, and I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be able to sleep better, and I'll be, um, whatever. I'll like who I look at, like who I like who I see in the mirror. And paradoxically, I'll be the one that's going to do what's necessary to lose that weight when I have deeper access to self-love yeah right so it's like i can't hate myself into wanting to get in better shape <laughs> i can love myself into it and then i go oh you know what i really don't feel like working out but i'm gonna do it because i feel good about myself right it's a different it's Absolutely. a different motive yeah it's the cart before the horse the chicken or the egg first kind of thing but i'm about just evoking the feelings of joy success happiness safety fulfillment purpose like cultivating those things within myself and then the actions that I need to take just become kind of, yeah, it's almost like a game, you know, it's like, Oh, what's the healthiest breakfast I can make this morning, but I don't attach my fulfillment to eating the perfect breakfast. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's just kind of like, a lot of ruined days. Yeah. It's like, me. I'm already, you know, I'm already doing my inner work to feel the way I want to feel today and choose uh, how I'd like to feel as best I can you know, within the confines of how I can influence that. And then I find that I just make more sound choices when I'm coming from that place rather than coming from a place of desperation or lack or fear or worry. Yeah. It's like, I'm not worried about anything. I'm just, I'm going to fix the EMF in the house because it just feels better. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I could also go travel somewhere and stay in a hotel where there's a cell tower right outside the window. And I'd, I'd have the same power within me to feel as good as I feel sitting here. Right. That's a really interesting perspective, Luke, on, um, which I've thought a lot about as I, you know, I got in the paleo movement way when I was in way back in med school and I was an Ironman triathlete. And it's like, what's the next thing that's going to give me the edge over the other guy. And, you know, you talk to like a a triathlete and they're like, you got to get, got to get better at swimming, biking and running. Like, okay, you know, (laughs) and of course, like, you know that, but in the same way, when we live our life, we become so obsessive with what is that external thing that I need to bring in to be the best me or the optimal, whatever. I want to live forever. I suppose. What is the tools that are going to get, help me get there. 
without realizing that it's more than the external things like this it, as above so below you know is a little bit cliche but really if you're going to be stressing yourself out so much with every little decision or every little thing that happens in your environment but you're not actually doing the inside work it becomes more of this validation process self validation through the things from outside that you can bring in that are going to help you versus emanating your spirit from within i mean that's really what what I'm hearing. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it can also be a really treacherous distraction too. Right. I mean, just thinking about myself, something that I have an awareness around is like how much time I spend in these ritualistic preparations of taking things and this and that. And I've just kind of learned as the way I am. So it's like faulting myself, but I do observe sometimes if there's something that's on my mind that I don't want to deal with, like I'll use all the things I do to be healthy as a means by which to run away from what I really need to face, that tough email, that tough conversation, writing the book. It's like, I'll go make another crazy elixir. You know, it's just something to do, right? And it's not a right, wrong, good, bad thing. It's just, it's an awareness. It's a spectrum of, huh, you know, how present am I? And if I'm not present, what are the things that I'm using as a distraction? And and acknowledging that some of those things are very easy to justify because they're good for you, right? It's like, what? If you came to me and said, Luke, wow, you're really running away from those things you don't want to face with all of your little health practices. It'd be so easy to refute that. I'm going, yeah. what? I'm taking care of myself. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, it's like if someone becomes an exercise addict, right? It's it's so defensible because what you, you jealous? Cause I'm in shape, you know, or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's yeah, but, you know, but are we, are we in the gym for four hours every day? Um, you yeah. know, it, because we don't want to face some of the, the demons that we're trying to suppress or even on a, you know, less dramatic degree, just things that we don't want to deal with. It's like procrastination, right? I mean, I can procrastinate doing anything. I sit here and play with this hair tie for a few minutes and wonder, you know, I wonder where they made this. Who came up with the, you know, it's like, I'm supposed to be doing that tough email. Get over there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, it's just, we're so easily distractible and even more so when it's something that is um, from outward appearances, good for us or something that, you know, a good person does or someone that takes care of themselves. Sometimes taking care of oneself is just being ruthlessly present with the discomfort that is showing up for whatever reason and just sitting with it and working through it and facing it and no amount of probiotics or red light therapy or anything's going to fix that for you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, even though it's probably not fair to really compare it, but I I see a lot of the guys, I, I still belong to a CrossFit gym, but I, I go in and I'm there in like 25 minutes. I just get some movement, some kettlebells and get out because I've got two little girls at home and got the business and, you know, I don't have time to like, lollygag for three hours, but there are people there that I don't know if they ever leave. Like that's their day off. So instead of doing anything else, they're going to be at the gym all day long, working on their macros, working on their, uh, sets and reps and all of that. And then they go through like three or four workouts, slowly looking at their phone every step of the way. And by the end of their session, there it's four hours in. And I can tell that like, this is not a healthy relationship you have with exercise. Like if your goal is just to get as big and strong and fast as possible, great, you're achieving that goal. But what are you actually not putting attention to in your life? You know, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to criticize anybody, but it does sort of seem like that guy who can't face his wife and kids and goes to the bar after work and needs like to feel a little loosey goosey before he can go home and they can justify it in any way they want. Yeah. But even though this is a healthy thing, 
it's not a healthy way that you're implementing yeah, it yeah. in your life. Well, that's, you know? that's the thing. It's not a matter of changing what you do, but perhaps how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. With some awareness, like we were discussing my everlasting relationship with nicotine the other day and just this yeah. battle. We've just done battle for so many years, just in and out of my life in various forms and hello old friend <laughs> quitting. Yeah. Quitting. And then it sneaks back in in another, you know, just the whole thing. And it's like, I have to just look at that from an objective patient, non-judgmental point of view and just, or I'm invited to at least be aware of that. Right. So then if I'm choosing to engage with something and it has that flavor of addiction that I don't really like to have in my life anymore, it's not even a matter of necessarily having to quit. It's just acknowledging, oh, okay, I'm in a phase right now with this. I'm in relationship to this molecule and the relationship has a dynamic that is not preferable to me. Yeah. Yeah. So am I a bad person because like I'm chewing nicotine gum? No. Would I perhaps have a more enriched life if that were not present to the degree uh, which it is. Yeah, I think so. So mm. without like getting in a war with myself, just kind of being honest about where I am with that and being willing to just kind of step into the unknown and consider that there's a possibility of living with a different yeah. relationship to yeah. that. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it doesn't mean I have to stop using nicotine. It's just, have the opportunity to reevaluate and recontextualize my relationship to it and to be honest with myself and just forgive myself if I feel weak for succumbing to that temptation yeah. again or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. This is just something that's that's come and, and gone. Uh, it, it's just like so many people think, oh, I have to get out of this relationship or quit this career. And it's not it's not even that. It's just how am I approaching it? Yeah. Yeah. With what degree of presence and non-resistance am I participating mm. you know sometimes just ruthless presence changes the whole experience of what you're doing and you can still do it yeah but it's different like right. you could go to the gym for four hours and if if you've dealt with the dirty laundry in your closet, so to speak, that whatever that looks been a like. a great way to spend that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it, again, not a right or wrong thing. It's just like, I don't know. I think I just like to broaden my, my awareness and perspective on things, generally speaking. Yeah. 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 Well, man, I hope we can stay in touch. Uh, this is For sure, lot of man. fun to get to know you these past couple of days. Likewise. I want to be respectful of your time. Remind everybody one more time, mm -hmm. what are the websites you want them to know about? And how can they find you? It's uh, It's been a real pleasure to have you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Uh, my main website is lukestory.com, S-T-O-R-E-Y. And there you'll find all the other things I mentioned, uh, the Gilded Blue Blockers and um, the EMF Masterclass. Those are my two little flagship things right at the moment. But my the Lifestylist podcast is probably the best way to interface with what I do uh, that's free. Amazing. So that's a good place to start, yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for spending some time here. Likewise. And uh, introducing your your lovely partner. So it was a, a really, really, really good way to spend my day today. Awesome. Same here. Yeah. And we'll see you uh, next time I'm in Austin. Perfection. Alza la frente en alto y camina bien. Alza la frente en alto. Alza la frente en alto y camina. Alza la frente en alto. Alza la frente en alto y camina bien. Alza la frente en alto. Well, Luke never disappoints. If you uh, 
are interested in a really, really great heart-centered man-to-man conversation around everything from conception to birth to the the perils of the medical industrial complex, by the way, go to Luke Story's podcast, The Lifestylist Podcast, and check out our interview. It got rave reviews, and it's probably one of my proudest interviews to date. So thank you, Luke, for that, and thanks for coming on the show. Um, if you want to learn more about Luke's work, go to lukestory.com. His first name is spelled the way you would expect Luke to be store, is spelled, but his last name is S-T-O-R-E-Y.com, lukestory.com. You can find information about the Lifestylist podcast there, find out more about his work there. I have a unique link on my, my website, belovedholistics.com. Go to the shop and you'll find a unique link, unique link there if you want to take his EMF masterclass and get a discount. I also have a code for Gilded, which is Luke Story's blue light blocking glasses that can be found. Uh, just go to, go to Gilded by Luke Story. Just Google that and use code Nathan10 to save 10% on your purchase. Thanks again to our sponsors. We've got Fit for Birth. Go to getfitforbirth.com slash beloved. Save 20% on customized pregnancy and postpartum nutrition and uh, exercise coaching. Or if you're a coach, go there and entertain a little bit more education in order to be able to cater some of your modalities that you're so good at. Cater them to women in this important stage of life. And then, of course, by optimizers, go to magbreakthrough.com slash holistic OBGYN in order to take advantage of the unique opportunity to not only try magnesium breakthrough, which is going to improve your sleep, but also to get a whole bundle of goodies from bioptimizers in order to improve your digestive system as well. Optimize that microbiome, optimize nutrient uh, intake from the food that you eat, digested by that microbiome, and then distributed to the blood. Remember also that your nervous system is intimately linked with your gut. So if you're having sleep issues, optimizing your gut is always a really, really great place to start. Optimizing the gut helps with your immune system, your endocrine system, helps regulate your nervous system, helps optimize your nutrition. So go to magbreakthrough.com slash holistic OBGYN and you can save big and also get a bunch of goodies there. My name is Nathan Riley. I'm the Holistic OBGYN. Find me at BelovedHolistics.com. You can buy packages of time with me, work with me one-on-one. You can find more episodes of this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you're liking the show, go and give us a five-star review. It really, really helps. You don't even have to write anything. Just click that five-star. It takes 15 seconds. Do it right now. Do it right now. (laughs) I also have my collaborator program there. All of those things are accessible at BelovedHolistics.com. Thank you so much, guys. Support the sponsors. Thank you for supporting the show. If you have any feedback, let me know. Otherwise, I will see you next time on the Holistic OBGYN podcast. Alza la frente en alto y camina bien. Alza la frente en alto. Alza la frente en alto y camina. Alza la frente en alto. Alza la frente en alto y